0: Ah, there you are. Now pay attention. This is the latest podcast from the boys back at Diabolical HQ. If you open it, you'll see it contains spoilers for the movie Casino Royale. And whatever you do, don't press the red button.
1: Welcome to Diabolical, the show where four long-suffering friends dissect film's most dastardly schemes, then try to improve them. I'm your host, Adam and this week's film is James Bond Reboot Casino Royale. So, dear listeners, prepare to be shaken, not stirred, and let's get diabolical. Greetings and welcome to this week's pod. Joining me, as always, are my friends and fellow podcasters in their guise as the Panel of Peril. So, chaps, please introduce yourselves and let us know... What's your all-time favorite Bond gadget is? Craig here, a.k.a. as Countertacular.
2: My all-time favorite Bond gadget, ironically, is from GoldenEye, and it's the clicky pen that Bond gives to Boris, which is turns out to be a bomb. He <laughs> says, yes, I am invincible. <laughs> Ironic because we have to edit out all the pen clicks on our soundtracks. Ironic kitchen. I was going to pick that as well. As said. No way! Oh, is that what
0: happened? <laughs> <laughs> Holy on. cow! That's so obscure, I'd never even thought of it. See me last. <laughs> okay, I'll say the day. Hi, Ben here. And my favourite Bond gadget is actually from a Bond film we've covered in our first episode. Mm. It's from Goldfinger, and it's the seagull breathing apparatus. <laughs> <gonna> <laughs> of course. That. Jesus
3: Christ.
2: (laughs) Wait, Tony, you go next. (laughs) Try and predict. That is mad.
1: (laughs) Hello, Adam here. My favorite Bond gadget of all time is little Nelly, bless her. The conveniently stored helicopter in a handbag.
2: When Turner first told me that this was going to be the question for this episode, the first thing I said is, "I can tell you what the shittest gadget ever is: little
0: Nelly." <laughs> <laughs> a
1: helicopter in the and I was like, "Pissing myself!" Off. I was like, "That's one of my favourite
0: <laughs> I thought you'd been a wet Nelly man. Oh, uh... that's what they named the Lotus submarine was wet, was Nelly. It wet Nelly. Yeah. All oh, right. Okay.
1: No, I didn't know. Oh that. wow.
0: Yeah, that's a cool gadget.
1: I've always had a soft spot for little Nelly for some reason. I remember it as a kid and thinking that was the the coolest thing there is. So especially because he deals with those helicopters, doesn't he? And it's just like a little flat pack helicopter. It's just mental. <laughs>
2: Do you know what? I think the concept is really cool, but what I think I, uh, that puts me off it is that stupid little yellow helmet he has to wear. while he's uh, piloting.
1: Yeah, oh, better wear that.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Safety first.
4: And I'm Gaz, and my first choice for Bond's best gadget is from another film that we covered called Moonraker, and it's the Bondola. <laughs> <laughs> Bondola which, uh, comes Who could have known? Water. To drive on land. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. First choice.
1: Moving in the shadows, hiding behind that newspaper stand, sneaking up and snapping the neck of all that oppose it, yeah or may, licensed to thrill with opinions of films, (laughs) is long established (laughs) and equally as deadly. So... Can we please have a year or may for the following films of two thousand and six? The Good Shepherd. Never seen it. Never seen it. What is it? De Niro directed story of the beginnings of the CIA, starring Matt Damon. Uh, okay. Yeah, I've gone for the obscure films of two thousand and six again, but they're not that obscure. Cause some of them you probably. I feel like it. I should have seen it, but none of us are going to have seen yeah. any of them, are we? <laughs> it's going to be a clean sweep. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. Let's see how many we can get this time. <laughs> Stranger Than Fiction. Oh, yeah. Uh,
2: yeah. Is that the the Will Ferrell? Yes. Where Emma Thompson's writing his life. Yeah. That would be a yeah from me. Four years. So it's four
1: years. That's great.
0: Children of Men.
2: Yeah. yeah.
1: Amazing
2: yeah. film.
0: Is that Clive Very Owen? Good.
2: It yeah. certainly is, yes. Uh,
0: yeah. Never seen it. Yeah, it's good.
2: Yeah, it's about Clive show. Owen. Um, he's a regular fuck machine. He's got like 80 kids. He's a creepier in a casino. Yes. So it's quite similar yeah. to, to this week's <laughs> one. He has 80 kids and then he says to Matt Damon, look at what they make you give as a creepier. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Can I put in a, even though I've never seen it, a yeah, because it sounds fantastic. <laughs>
1: And, of course, last but not least, The Departed. Yeah. 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 Of course. Yes, of course. And we've already covered The Departed in Season 1, Episode 15. And you can all find it in our ever-growing back catalogue of banter, wherever you get your podcasts from. Casino Royale is the 21st instalment in the James Bond film series and serves as a reboot of the franchise. The movie begins with James Bond, portrayed by Daniel Craig, earning his 00 status within the British Secret Service. His first mission as Agent 007 has him on the trail of a bomb maker linked to international terrorism. During the operation, Bond links Le Chiffre, a private banker, to the terrorists. Le Chiffre invests their money in a high-stakes poker game at the Casino Royale. Casino Royale serves as an origin story for James Bond, depicting his first mission and the events that shape him into the iconic agent we know. It sets the stage for future films in the franchise and showcases Bond's character development, grit, and determination in the face of danger.
0: But what did we think? Ben? What a film! It's, for me, it was a film that revived the Bond franchise. It has probably the most tense action scenes of any film I've ever seen. I sit there when they're running at the crane and that kind of thing, and there's genuine danger there. You've got a, a knot in your stomach, and I, I can't think of another film that does that. It has these very clear kind of sections or acts, if you like, and they're all different from one another, and, but all equally tense in their own way it's just a brilliant film out of five for me. <laughs>
2: <laughs> a brilliant film out of five.
0: Yeah. I know there are a lot of Piers Brosnan fans out there, but I was not one of them. And for me, he kind of, not single-handedly, but with the filmmakers at the time, they kind of, they sank Bond for me because I, I loved the Roger Moore Bond. And then I just, I could not never jive with Piers Brosnan in those films. And so it was Daniel Craig's iteration that really brought it back to life for me. Cool um seen as you've, you've you've mentioned, you've
1: watched this and the 1967 Casino Royale. So, yeah, how do they uh, compare?
2: <laughs> oh well, night and day. You know, <laughs> there's some fun elements of the 67 one, but it, it's quite a mess. It's a it's a fascinating mess. There's some good mm. choices in it, but on the whole, it does seem like Peter Sellers took a bunch of LSD and just said, <laughs> just roll. Just see what happens. Casino Royale is a funny one for me because I enjoy it a lot and I think it's a cool film. But as I said, when we did Moonraker, for me the Craig era was—it felt like an attempt to become closer to the Bourne series of films, where they were known for intense, quote unquote, gritty action. You know, like the toaster fight and all that kind of stuff, and jumping through the windows—you get all the parkour stuff in this—and that wasn't entirely successful for me. I kind of prefer. Bond when it's a bit camper and and more fun. I think Roger Moore's Bond is one that I've kind of grown into. I did enjoy a lot of the Pierce Brosnan era. It didn't all work, obviously. There's a lot of Die Another Day that is notoriously awful. But I remember feeling like Goldeneye was a great reboot, because it had been away for a while. Six years, is it? Yeah. Mm. And I loved Goldeneye, I loved the video game and everything, and I thought uh, it was great to see Sean Bean in it. With this kind of soft reboot i liked a lot of it but it loses and gains in equal measure it's still obviously quite outlandish and a lot of the action is still over the top but it's got a lot of it's fun in different ways it's got a lot of funny kind of visual gags that are also great character beats the first one that always comes to mind is the parkour guy jumping through that tight gap and then Bond smashing through the drywall. Yeah. Forget, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well,
1: it's because they
0: describe him as a wrecking ball later and you already right. recognise that. And, and a and... blunt instrument, yeah. And someone puts their nose and the other finger in the air. <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> at that point when we see it we don't know that so it's it shows you rather than tells you i think it's it's very good right you know yeah i yeah. I,
2: I think it's really good it just doesn't feel very bondy to me in in some ways like right. as a, as an action film in its own right i think it's great but there are elements of it that are not quite bondy i love mads mickelson i think the the great strength of this the absolute best thing about it for me is Ava Green. I always think first and foremost that Bond in the Craig era lost its funny bone because it was always quite wry and wasn't afraid to be funny whereas his era seems to be quite grim, dark in a lot of ways but his interplay with her especially their first meeting that conversation they have is electric and she's so funny. Mm. It's funny in a different way right? Yeah I like it. I don't like it. I'm ambivalent but in general I think it's great. Slightly different to being ambivalent. <laughs>
1: I yeah. guess. <laughs> <Okay. laughs> I agree with what you're saying about Eva Green. I think she's fantastic, but I think it's also the character they've written the character really well, and then they've picked the ideal person to play her yeah. as well because she she does it, and you can tell she's fully immersed in the role. Whereas previously in the past, uh, like you say, Bond has been quite light hearted, and it's always been the love interest, and oh, you'll get her eventually, and oh. Yeah. And all that, she's his equal in this. She yes. doesn't give him an inch. And that's... if anything,
2: I think she's his superior. Like she's not a dominatrix by any means. And she's, no, she's, no. As a character, she allows herself to be like vulnerable, but she does feel like she's the boss.
1: <laughs> this is the thing, isn't it? You think Bond's going to be the boss, like as always? He always is this continuity bond of being this philandering, womanizing, mm. drinking, super confident guy. But then all of a sudden he meets this woman and he's and you can tell he's he's impressed by her and straight away he's on the back foot because he's like oh she's oh hang about Um, and he says something we'll probably when we get into lines we'll probably maybe one of us will have it and um, that is I think that's the strength of the movie the the Vesper Lynn comes into it yeah from there that's the that's the real I mean there's loads there's loads in it. Obviously, the the big
2: theme of this and the big aim is to skewer that male power fantasy that is the normal driver mm. bond, and I think yeah. it is quite successful at doing that. Yeah, not least the torturing of his meat and two veggies.
1: Oh yeah, I don't think it does anything. You know, say if you're a fan of like macho stars and and depictions yeah. on the screen and stuff, I don't think it does anything to take away from that. I think no. really because he's still absolutely nails, and you wouldn't mess with him. But it yeah. just gives him that inf- he's infallible, isn't he? So, or fallible, sorry, um, now. yeah.
0: A little tidbit is that they actually kidnapped uh, Eva Green's boyfriend so she could go method. <laughs> <laughs> they had him held hostage throughout the making of the film, so she was run right there. It's yeah. like he it was giving back yet. <laughs> she didn't realise she signed it in the contract. Let's go along with it. Gaz, are you uh, equally ambivalent? No,
4: I think in episode one of this very podcast I stated that my favourite Bond is Daniel Craig because Daniel Craig is in fact my favourite Bond. And this is my second favourite Bond film next to uh, (laughs) Skyfall.
0: Oh yeah, that's a great one.
4: Yeah, oh yeah, definitely. I'm much less attached to, to Bond than... The other three members of the panel of peril, as I've said before on Moonraker, so I'm less interested in the trappings of, of previous bonds like Roger Moore, who I have grown more fond of from watching Moonraker and catching yeah. up on a couple of others in my in my spare time. Yeah, but yeah, I, I just think it's it's a rollicking spy adventure. This film, it's one of the only Bond films where he genuinely feels like he's undercovering, even though he blusters in and says that he's james bond uh he actually feels like he's doing legwork and he's uncovering information slowly but surely getting to to Mm. the root of uh well the money that's what he's after i love the action sequences as uh ben said yeah i don't like the black and white in the opening sequence i feel like that's a pointless affectation but yeah i really like that bathroom fight
2: scene how violent mm. it is! Mm. It's very gritty, isn't it? Yeah. What's the psychology of that gas of Bond's first fight taking place in a men's bathroom? Is, it, is <laughs> there some <laughs> some homoerotic <Is> that... undercurrent? The <laughs> deconstruction of masculinity. You don't want to be in the toilet next to Bond. <laughs> <You> Feeling inadequate. <laughs> I guess so. Even more so in black and white. I
4: guess.
0: Just heightens it. <laughs> it's our most vulnerable. Time isn't it right. when you going mm. to the loo? That's why dogs are always like looking around, shifty-eyed when they're pooping.
4: <laughs> Besides that bathroom fight sequence, the crane sequence, as as Ben said again, and the the grand finale with the the sinking house in Venice, I think is quite clever because it's it's quite mm. small scale, really. The film in terms of what Bond had mm. become, yet. Yeah. That final sequence ups the ante quite considerably. Yet ultimately, it's still just quite a small building sinking into a bit of water, and it's it's properly dramatic, yeah. very dramatic with Vesper being trapped in the lift. Yeah, Yeah, it's it's, it's got a genuine emotional kick. For that ending It's it's very yeah. very nicely done to yeah. the extent that that Bond probably hadn't done since uh, Lazenby's finale, I suppose, where his, his wife dies. Spoilers. Yeah.
0: Mm. Mm. interesting that you say that because I obviously got the felt the parallel there but I just feel, I always feel with Lazenby it never quite made it mm. he didn't have the chops to pull it off no. but I thought this film really nails I, that I ending. disagree yeah. breaks, <laughs> he
1: steps in fa-
2: famously <laughs> absolutely breaks my heart when he says we have all the time in the world mm. oh it's
0: awful it's so wooden yeah ah. I reckon, right, really. I reckon we it's know what you're you, uh, all the time it's, in the world it's gonna, that's going to be your pick <laughs> isn't it
1: so we got another different Bond I think it's going to be well we'll see it's a significant moment in Bond history isn't it really uh, yeah. that particular film as is this one really because I, I, I'd echo what you've all said parts of what you all said I absolutely it's a change from continuity Bond really with what, what they've had with all the others Pierce Brosnan included yeah I get Golden Eye, I thought that was fantastic as well. Same
2: director, Golden Eye and Casino Royale. Yeah, Martin Campbell. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I loved that and I thought it was a great introduction for Pierce Brosnan. But then mm-hmm. after that, it just goes a bit down.
2: I really like The World Is Not Enough. I thought uh, Robert uh, Carlyle was an interesting villain. Uh, Sophie Marceau even more so. Marceau more so. <laughs> Obviously, Dr. Christmas Jones, whatever the fuck she's called, is... Yeah, terrible. But Denise apart from that.
1: Richards. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, apart from that, um, I,
2: I really like the uh, twine as they call it.
1: Yeah, I don't. I agree with the the black and white scene that start as well. I just thought I know what they're trying to do, but I just thought, well, what's the what's the point really? But then once it gets into the titles, and it's got my favourite Bond theme there is. Yeah, um, a cool And the titles are very Bond, but then they're, they're mm-hmm. not at the same time as well. It's the focus is on him, isn't it? Instead of the naked silhouette women. My note was new Bond, same Bond, great. <laughs> Accidental partridge. Yeah. <laughs> new Bond, same Bond, cashback. break. <laughs> <laughs> but then um, Chris Cornell at the end of it screaming, you know my name, you know mm. my And it's like fucking goosebumps all over your arm. And it's like, we're back it's so powerful I
2: love the titles graphically as well they're they're gorgeous yeah
1: one question I wanted to ask you all is there's a part where um, Bond gets his dinner jacket off Vesper yeah and she says there's dinner jackets and there's dinner jackets and he puts it on and he's looking himself in the mirror and he's sort of checking himself out and I was thinking Mm. who does he think he is while he's looking in that mirror (laughs) because everybody else in the world will be like I look like James Bond bond thinks he is ah. i see
2: i thought you meant like who does he think he is
1: but what you yeah. mean is who does he imagine himself as? yeah, who, yeah. who's he imagine himself to be he's already james bond so who, yeah. who's he going oh i look like a, a young david niven or i was like going to say no? david
2: niven <laughs>
4: said George Best <laughs> oh George Best is a good one George
1: Best yeah. <laughs> 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 was he already dead by then though gruffy himself hobo to death. George Best oh, yeah,
4: yeah. Uh, <laughs> back, in, back in the day uh,
2: not in his latter years <laughs> oh yeah he, uh, he bloody scrubbed up that lad I can only picture him with fucking shite hair and a, a football jersey oh he need to do some google searching a fag hanging out of his ear, ear hole Beer <laughs> <The> ear hole is <laughs>
4: just pointing straight out <laughs> and
2: somehow smoking it through his ear just like <laughs> drawing it all <laughs> to the filter ear, nose and throat feels like technically that could work
4: <laughs>
2: just like pinch your nose and- <laughs> you do it while he's talking to you and drinking a pint at the same time <laughs>
0: That was one hard living motherfucker. Oh yeah. Maybe he thinks he looks like Gomez Adams. Yeah. Uh,
1: yeah. <laughs> Name's Gomez. Gomez
0: Adams. Look, this fellow just like Gomez Adams. <laughs> Bye, heck.
1: He's an amson chap, him, isn't he? <laughs> Let's get on to favourite sequences then. What a bid! What a bid! What a bid! Sold for a buck! Uh, okay,
2: well, it's, it's tough for me because, uh, as usual, i got two. I have to pick one. For me, it would be the first meeting between Bond and Vesper and that conversation they have. I'll keep my eyes on our country's money and off, or on our government's money and off your perfectly formed ass. <laughs> I think that scene's. <laughs> electrifying and i think they're both having the most fun as actors in that scene so that one for me yes uh like i mentioned earlier i i like the, the
4: grand finale with the the building sinking into the yeah the venetian canal even though it was it was trying to ape the born camera style slightly more handheld and To a lesser extent, Christopher Nolan's style that he used on Batman Begins, there's a great sense of geography and you know where the bad guys are, you know where Bond is, you know where Vesper is at all times during that sequence. Yeah, It's incredibly tense and it escalates nicely when he he shoots the the piping, which explodes and crumbles the foundations and you get Mm. shots from the outside to give you a bigger Mm. perspective and I, I just think it's masterfully... Uh, crafted action sequence.
2: It does suffer slightly from being set in the same place as Moonraker and not being as much fun as the Moonraker Venice sequence. (laughs) Well, this is true.
0: I wonder if any glass was still going. Yeah. (laughs) 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 We should have
2: just snuck that in just inside that building there's loads of glass-like pieces just falling, smashing into the water.
0: (laughs) Betty boy. Well the other two fellows have taken some of the uh some of the highlights. So I'll go with the parkour opening chase in Madagascar. First time I saw it, it blew me away. And watching it this time again, it was still, like I said, had that knot in my stomach. Yeah. It feels like there's a real danger in there. And I really like how it introduces Bond as that this blunt weapon. Yeah. really uh level sets nicely. Yeah. Also,
2: yeah. uh it does have one lovely camp moment when he catches the guy's empty, handily empty gun and yeah. throws it back in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's always Austin Powersy that isn't
3: it? Yeah. Really. <laughs>
1: it's that bit where the guy starts running, and you're like, he's an absolute. Maniac this fella And then Bond's chasing after him You sort of think from it From Bond's perspective He must be going What the hell am I doing Up on this crane Thinking about jumping From one crane to another and stuff like that. It's just insane, isn't it? And it's another one of those points in the film where you go, yeah, this is something Pierce Brosnan, Timothy Dalton, Roger Moore, Sean Connery, the other fella Jules Jules B wouldn't consider even consider doing, I don't think.
2: No, it's a complete complete departure from their interpretation, isn't it? He kind of becomes Bond, doesn't he? He doesn't begin as Bond.
1: Exactly, yeah. My favourite sequence is after Vesper's been kidnapped, and the ensuing chase going through the country roads and then okay. just uh, slung on the road yeah. just over the crest of the hill.
2: Yeah. At the time, it was the most flips, wasn't it? Yeah. The yeah. record flips.
1: It's just so shocking. That's it, exactly. You, you, it comes out of nowhere, Yeah, really, and then it's the brutality of the crash.
2: The POV of them dragging him off as well, I think is really, really nice choice. I thought you were going to say the one that I didn't say. My my second one was going to be the the testy torture scene where he's going yes, yes to the right, yeah. right to the right, the yeah. Edge? yeah, yeah, Gornich <laughs> yeah. down there.
0: <laughs> I noticed something in this watch that I'd never ever noticed before.
2: Mm.
0: When Bond goes into the airport, Richard, Richard Branson, Branson, Richard Branson, I'd never ever noticed it before.
4: Yeah, with his arms getting checked, I'd never noticed him before. I'd always known that he was in it, but never spotted him.
1: Shittest actor ever. Just standing there. Just stand like this, Richard. Okay.
2: <laughs> I put in my notes, actually. I put Branson. Gross.
1: Yes. <laughs> if I'd made a note, I probably would have said that.
2: Not as gross as in Superman Returns. Oh, that's gross.
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> I've got a few like general observations of the film, if we've got uh, some room for
0: that. Wait, uh, let me just do a quick intro. Craig's General Observations.
2: there are some interesting uh, I don't know if they're continuity errors or
0: countertaculars general observations lovely little man Mm -hmm. ah it's a fucking
2: albatross that name
1: he's got such disdain (laughs) for you (laughs) countertacular he absolutely hates you
4: wish I hadn't won no you don't you fibber no I don't (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> i don't know if they're continuity errors contradictions what have you but in that scene that i mentioned between bond and vesper one of her observations about him which i think they play up to in this is that he doesn't come from money and you see that when he goes to the country club you know the snobs with the land rover and he fucks up their car and yeah he does thought. seem to hate like rich people and he does feel a bit uncouth but actually even through the course of this film he becomes one of them. You know, he's ordering the Mm. caviar and the champagne. And in future films, he's definitely more like that. But then also in Skyfall, he does come from money, right? The Bond Mm. family has an estate and everything, and they have, you know, a a slave that lives lives at their house. I just think that's not having a a proper continuity supervisor. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I just wondered what they were trying to set up with that. Because one thing she says is, You had to rely on someone else's money. And that is a plot point they pick up in Spectre, where Blofeld's father takes Bond in Uh, as a kind of award. So I did wonder if, because it's always all the same writers, isn't it? Uh, Neil Purvis and Robert Wade. uh, Robert Wade, yeah. The little dash of Paul Haggis. A little bit of foreshadowing, maybe. And then something about Bond as well. So Lashief is for me probably the most interesting villain that's ever been in Bond. Yeah. I like that he's yeah. like a middleman; he's not the top man. He's I like the
4: pressure the entire mm, way through. Yeah. Mm. Yeah.
2: And I wonder if he's kind of Bond's dark shadow because one thing that he does is he uses his girlfriend as a distraction at the poker table mm. on on his boat, which is something that Bond then later does mm. with yeah. Vesper. So that's yeah. something I really noticed this time.
0: The interesting thing about Le Chiffre is that he's not trying to take over the world. Yeah. It makes it way more believable yeah basically
4: just trying to save his own skin isn't he for the
0: entire yeah. film
2: yeah another thing i noticed and i don't know again if this is maybe just them building to the point where it's like saying he's not bond yet but he's going to be bond it's like he's fucking terrible at tailing people every time he tells someone in this he does it like three or four times they see him they make him like really easily like yeah. he's following that guy through yeah. the airport I just thought that was quite a funny little thing for Bond that he's just really bad at following people. That's a good sequence as well with the knife in the airport. I forgot Mm, about that. Yeah, Mm, yeah. really, really good.
3: Yeah.
4: Just the silence of trying to force the knife into each other and then he sits him
2: down in that diorama, dead. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Just a point on the casting, apart from obviously Mads Mikkelsen and I've already said about Eva Green, But the other one that I really fucking love is Jeffrey Wright as Felix Leiter. Felix has always been a kind of interesting character to me. I remember seeing, I think it's uh, Live and Let Die, where he gets like tortured by a shark or something, and going, oh, no, I love Felix. Uh, But in this, he was like a fully realized, real character. He's so fucking great. Does so much with so little. Yeah. He's kind of the opposite of Jack Slater, isn't he? Bond in this as a character. Jack Slater, like you were saying when we did the uh, Last Action Hero episode, he comes out of the tar pit and kind of very quickly dusts himself off and does his hair (laughs) and everything. Bond's the opposite in this. He gets fucked up. He's absolutely, you know, he's picking shit, like shrapnel out of himself and bleeding everywhere and stuff. After he's been battered
4: with the, the rope knot, it feels like he's convalescing for at least a month to me. Right,
2: yeah. Which you don't get in action films normally, so really, I really I like that about it.
1: Is it be a good excuse for you to uh, get out of doing work around the house, though? Say, look, I've just yeah. been smacked around the cock with a bloody massive rope. Do you mind? <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I'm recuperating here. It's going to take me months before the swelling goes down. <laughs> Do you mind, Mum? <laughs> Especially to get out of sex
2: for a few days. Just be like, ah, oh, not today, not tonight, love. Our bad day,
4: James. Let's have sex.
2: Eh, uh, no Vespa.
1: <laughs> <laughs> right, should we go to
0: favourite lines, I believe? Ben. Well, my favourite line, having heard what Catacula said about his favourite sequence, might be one of his.
2: No, I know what you're going to say, and I deliberately didn't pick it because I knew someone else would. But I have already said the word, and if you listen back, you'll, you'll see where like I said it earlier on. Yeah. I heard the word and I went, fuck. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, I've chosen the one we we're talking about when Bond puts on the, the tailored jacket okay. and he's like, it's tailored. How did you, yeah. And she goes, yeah, I sized you up the moment we met yeah, and it, it's just dripping with layers. It's right. really well delivered. There's just so much in there. I thought, yeah, that's a great yeah, line. Very nice and delivered perfectly.
2: People don't talk about her enough in this because obviously Craig is like famously a lot of people's favourite Bond and he gets a lot of spotlight. But this film wouldn't have worked without her. She's fantastic. No. Yeah, she hangs over all
4: five films, doesn't she? She features yes, either visually or just in name. Uh, particularly in that yeah. Time to Die, she plays a reasonably large role for a dead
0: character. Like a specter. No. Oh, yeah. 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 Or a foul what? odor. <laughs> 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 no, let's stay with, with Spectre. <laughs> Can't attack it. Eh?
2: One of the things that I love about this is the stripping down of Bond tropes, like the martini shaken, not stirred. In the book as well, he creates his crazy Del Boy cocktail Vespa, which is like three measures Del of Gordon's Boy <laughs> one measure of Kina Lele shaken over ice with a with slice umbrella. of thin <laughs> slice of lemon peel. I love that everyone at the table is like, yeah, I'll have one yeah. of those, but my favorite yeah. is Felix and he goes, Friend, bring me one of those.
0: Keep the fruit. <laughs> <laughs> You dream of delivering that. You'd love to say that, wouldn't you? Oh, man. Keep the fruit. You'd love to say that in a bar <laughs> and have the person respect you. Absolutely.
2: <laughs> I have in local shitty little village pubs with my brother at night, as ordered martinis <laughs> and vespers. <laughs> I, and I drank absolutely them. absolutely
1: no problem believing that at all. I can well imagine. <laughs>
0: <laughs> While you were drinking them, were you cursing the bartender? For not giving you the respect you felt you deserved? Oh, we
2: definitely would, would have been giving them abuse. Not deserved either. <laughs> like, um, if they're going, how do you shake it and not stir it? I would have been going apeshit with them at that. Just <laughs> <You're> fucking... <laughs> People asking me stupid questions like, what's the difference shaking not stirred? And I have to explain to them, All right, if you shake a drink over rice, it dilutes your alcohol. and it's more pleasant to drink. <laughs> <laughs> It's like a Tim <laughs> Robinson character.
1: <laughs> <laughs> fucking drink is so fucked.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Just wanted my drink shaken over ice.
1: Gaz, any favourite lines from yourself? Yes, I'm going to
4: go for the one that Countertacular alluded to because it's always been my favourite line in the film from my first viewing. It's during the cracking opening meeting between Bond and Vesper on the train. Once they've finished their meal, Vesper asks Bond, how is your lamb? And Bond replies, skewered, one sympathises. Oh, it's very good. It's the delivery of (laughs) skewered. He knows that he's met his
2: match and he's been
4: overmatched,
1: if anything. He's matched his meat.
2: Yeah,
4: His
1: face as well.
2: And then... When, he, when she gets up and walks away and he's looking at her and he's like going... Hmm. Yeah, yeah. Impressed.
0: Impressive.
2: Very impressive.
0: <laughs> oh, that's just giving me an idea for a business. Meat matching. <laughs> you upload your profile pic and then based on your, your profile information and picture, we match you to your perfect meat. Ah. <laughs> and then
1: send you a pack of sausages that tailored yeah. to that uh, suggestion.
2: Yeah. It took me way too long there to figure out you were talking about meat with an A and not with two E's. I thought you were just describing every dating app. <laughs> I just invented dating Meet, apps. Meeting, matching, <laughs> meat match.
4: You better swipe left or right on the various meats to create your perfect sausage. Yeah.
1: Meat match. <laughs> and it had to be done. The, the, the advert would have to be that. Meeting, matching. Meat match. <laughs> <laughs> my favorite line is uh equal another spot of verbal jousting between Bond and Vesper is uh don't worry, you're not my type. Smart, single. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: One other line that I love that nobody mentioned, I'll since nobody mentioned it, I'll bring it up, which is when the banker comes to give them the money and Bond says, yeah. <laughs> You didn't bring any chocolates with you. <laughs> And he does like and a the like, oh, no. <laughs> And the guy's
3: like,
4: no. Bond's like, what?
3: Yeah.
2: <laughs> 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 yeah. It's funny that my uh, business, though. Yeah. yeah. My amusing observation, that I hope will amuse you as much as it did me. Is that they keep using mathis to explain to the audience how poker works? Oh, he's just telling best- <laughs> Bond has the high hand. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Jesus Christ! <laughs> See, it's his tell. Look, he was right. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. <his> tell. <laughs> the most annoying <laughs> one
4: is when they put all their shit in. Everybody goes all in, and there's clearly an absolute shitload of money. And he's like. There's 150 million dollars on the table. I, was like, I, I knew it was a lot. You didn't need to explain it to me.
2: First. And uh, Bond will have to go all in. <laughs> oh yeah, Jesus, very
4: nice. That's when they um, should have.
1: They should have had like a little paperclip character coming at the side, telling us <laughs> instead of Mathis. You know, that's when the, yeah. it wasted opportunity there. It wasted actor as well. Could have had like a, a little cartoon uh, Walther PPK coming in at the side little cartoon one saying Bond has the biggest hand he'll have to get all in here he's such a
2: silly character like every time he meets Bond he's set up someone to get arrested or something in the background while they're talking the exact moment oh Bond you're here and then he's like frantically texting saying do it now do it now
1: British government decides to send Bond to the casino, where he is tasked with winning the poker tournament to bankrupt Le Chiffre and por- force him to seek protection with the British government. Bond eventually wins the game, but witnesses Le Chiffre kidnapping Vesper. Bond takes off in hot pursuit, but totals his rather nice Aston Martin, so even to avoid Vesper, who has been tied up in the middle of the road. Bond is pulled from the wreckage and taken away to be tortured by Le Chiffre, who is Desperate to reclaim the money Bonders won. As things look bleak for our hero, the mysterious Mr. White enters and kills the Shifra for being an untrustworthy sort of gentleman. Gaz, he's not had the best of luck, has he, the
0: Shifra No, he hasn't. Alright, we'll end that section there. <laughs> 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 Thank you for
4: No, he's bet on himself, which I believe is something that successful people do, but he's absolutely shit the bed. <laughs> 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 Overplaying his fake tell hand too early, not accounting for the endless resources of the United States government to buy Bond back in. Certainly the way Light is presented to us, it's quite obvious that he's a government agent. And shit at poker. Well, yeah, he's very shit at poker. <laughs> uh, and so his plan is not great when he's clearly already in over his head to to just bet on himself in a game of poker. I think he's actually quite reckless. And uh, he doesn't deserve that lovely girlfriend of his.
1: No. No, he does not. Especially he's willing to get her arm chopped off. What a bugger. What a dirty bugger. Yeah,
2: absolute sod.
1: Catatacular?
2: I don't fully agree. I think his plan is actually fine. I don't think it's fair to say that he would know that Felix... Well, maybe he would know that Felix is CIA, but would he know that the CIA would back up MI6? Not necessarily. I think Bond's a lucky fuck in this. He only survives his... Heart attack because Vespa comes and saves him. There are loads of times when he could lose. He's just as bad at bluffing in the end as Lashif is, especially in that torture scene when he's trying to bluff. No matter what happens, Lashif will die because, you know, MI6 will come. It's just pure chance that the Syndicate decide at that point, you know, that they're going to fuck him off. So, yeah, I think his plan is fine. And I just think he's the, a victim of happenstance much like old Barry Lyndon. Go back to our Barry Lyndon episodes.
0: Yeah. Mads Mikkelsen, the milky-eyed Barry Lyndon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Poor bugger. Ben, what have you got, Florette-wise? I'm siding more with Gareth on this one, I would say. His initial plan is to play the stock markets, and he was going to blow up that plane right. to cause the crash, but that obviously lost him the money that forced him to host this high-stakes poker game, right? Yeah. So if I'd lost terrorist money, I would not try to win it back in a poker game.
4: Even if you were really good at poker? Get down the dog track. That's what I'd do.
0: I don't know. It's still very risky, isn't it? It doesn't matter how good you are. Mm. It's a very risky play.
2: Do Darren Brown, can't you? At the dog track. Yeah. This is the winning slip.
4: Slam it down. Is that your plan, Gaz? I wish it was. (laughs) (laughs) Bet it all on the
0: dogs. (laughs) Because it's a proven money spinner, isn't it? Yeah. (laughs) I think I'd have done something similar to my first, you know, the plane bombing caper. I'd have done something further along those lines, which I feel I'd have more control over than the poker game. But he did that. What? He did try that. No, but I'd go again. Just keep playing that angle Ah, until it it comes off because it Mm. feels like you have more chance with that than a high-stakes poker game.
2: Mm. maybe it's the timing of it. You've got to wait for the launch of yet another big super mega plane or something.
0: He can manipulate any situation. You know, he could go into a software company and shoot the CEO. There's all sorts he could do.
2: We're coming up with all the good ideas now, aren't
0: we? So I'm giving him four florets of broccoli. It's a low one. I don't think it's very good. It's too risky.
1: Yeah, I tend to agree. I think it's it's his overconfidence again that he can, it's down to him to fix everything. And he's got the confidence he can do it. Whereas he's probably got the resources to probably pay one of the best poker players in the world to enter that tournament and, and stand probably a better chance than him to win it rather than Lashif is uh, organizing this tournament and taking part and it's his chance of taking down. He could probably do it a bit more incognito. But then I do appreciate what uh, Takio said as well, which is a, an interesting angle as well. But ultimately, he fucked up. <laughs> So you've heard what we have to think about Le Chiffre's plan, but can we do any better? Ben,
0: would you dazzle us with your evil musings, please? Le Chiffre was so close to getting Bond. In my mind, slipping poison in his drink was nearly the perfect plan. The mistake he made, though, was trying to kill Bond with a fast-acting poison, because that immediately tipped off Bond that something was amiss and allowed him to react in time. So instead, I'd have used something with a slower burn, psilocybin, the naturally occurring compound found in magic mushrooms. The effects of which begin 10 to 40 minutes after ingestion and last two to six hours depending on the dosage. So after my gorgeous Annika Rice style scorcher of a girlfriend tips a generous splash of liquid psilocybin, into Bond's drink. Here's how it would go down. He sips his newly minted cocktail. Not bad, he thinks, and then repeats it aloud to no one in particular. He puts the slight bitterness down to the fruit rind and continues the game. Gradually, almost imperceptibly, over the next 20 minutes or so, the temperature rises. He puts it down to the high-stakes nature of the poker, As a pleasant sensation creeps over
4: him,
0: he begins to hear an odd metallic quality, tinging the voices he hears. Then he suddenly becomes keenly aware of the felt on the table. If it felt this good against his palms, it must be heaven on his face. He lowers his head, resting his cheek on the fuzzy green cloth. He starts to giggle as he rubs it back and forth. (laughs) Mr Bond says the dealer 200,000 to stay in the game Bond looks up to see a serpentine figure sitting where the dealer once sat its forked tongue passes over its lips Bond springs up in his seat and notices the eyes of everyone on the table looking at him the sight reminds him why he's there he gathers himself as best he can and peeks at his cards a jack of bubbles and the body of Christ. That money's as good as mine. His eyes dart side to side, unsure if he had just thought that or said it aloud. Opposite, the chief's neatly kept hair has become unruly, writhing in the air around the table like furry tentacles. But Bond refuses to be distracted. This is a chance to stop terrorism after all. I'm all in. A confident grin spreads across his face. One by one, the other players fold in the face of such reckless play. Of course, Le has already calculated that the odds of Bond having a winning hand are very slim indeed, and that it's most likely the effects of the drug giving him the false sense of confidence. Le calls and shows his hand. Full house. Mr Bond, your cards? All eyes turn to our hero, who is tracing tiny shapes in the air with his finger, muttering, Diamond? Diamond, big diamond. Finally, he manages to regain a modicum of composure and reveals his cards, a pair of sevens, one with a chunk nibbled out. There are gasps and applause as Le takes the spoils. He looks back, ready to mock Bond, but Bond is already rolling on the grass outside, laughing (laughs) at the sky. Can I say that out loud? Or just think it? <laughs> when was
1: the last time you tried uh, psilocybin? I know the last time you tried it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. And I can tell you, it's, it's a very different experience to that. Very different.
0: It's been a couple of decades for me. <laughs> it
1: doesn't have that effect on you, and it's gradual as well. You know, it's very progressive, and it happens probably over the
0: course of a, a, an hour before you get to the probably the height of the full trip. I'm aware of how it works. But are you aware of how this podcast works? <laughs> I can't talk yes. for an hour. Build it up every moment. I have to condense the plan.
1: Yes, okay. Well, uh nice plan, but um I'm not buying it.
2: I like the Jack of Bubbles and the Body
1: of Christ. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the
2: Body of Christ is very good. Fear and Loathing in Montenegro.
1: I definitely would have a wonderful time if I could see all that kind of stuff and I and I would be uh yeah, having a, having a great time. So, thanks for that. It's uh
0: bringing back some fond memories. So the hair <laughs> is actually something I actually experienced in uni. I was looking in a mirror, my hair was going like squid tentacles and I couldn't control it back when I had hair. Have you ever? Did you ever try writing and watching yourself write? That
1: is no. fucking immense. It's fantastic. I did wave at,
0: I did wave at a cardboard cutout of Steve Redgrave for about 30 minutes. He was waving <laughs> at me from a, from a sports shop window.
2: Oh, good times. Something wrong, Mr. Bond? Just admiring the shape of your skull. <laughs>
1: <laughs> right. Any further convestions? That's a pretty good plan, I'd say.
2: <laughs> Would anybody step in, you know, Mathis, Felix,
0: and go, you are all right? <laughs> 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 yeah, maybe someone might step in, but the damage is already done by then. Yeah. I don't, think, I don't
1: think he could be replaced. I don't think even if um, Felix or Mathis stepped step in, it's about him, they say, don't they, The Bond is the, the best poker player in the service. Yeah,
2: but couldn't they go, well, we need the toilet break, and then they take him to the toilet and they give him some Marmite on toast, and you sort him right out?
1: <laughs> what happens
0: if he doesn't like Marmite? <laughs> that he's a bloody
2: heathen. Revoke his double-O status.
0: Yes. Yeah, exactly. Exactly, Gus. Yes. Yes. Exactly. Yeah, I guess it's possible that someone might step in, but like I say, Bond would be out of the game for a while and that gives Lashif a good window to recoup the money he needs. Yeah.
2: I could really picture it all. His face on the felt, <laughs> all the eyes and stuff.
1: Right. Any further questions? I am satisfied. Very good. Count Ataklia.
2: Le Chiffre nimbly flipped his chips. Clickety-clack. Clickety-clack. <laughs> Shunting each from the top of the stack to the bottom in his dexterous right hand. The croupier slithered two cards towards him across the green sea. He fanned them under the curtain of his hands. His scarred eyelid twitched a nervous wink. Involuntarily, his left hand rose to his temple in a grim salute. He had a two and a seven. He looked furtively across at Bond, acutely aware now that he had tipped his hand. Miss Lynde had been accommodating enough to share that Bond had identified his tell. He imagined he could make a pantomime of it and trick Bond into recklessly raising the ante, but what good might that do him should he prove unable to control his tell when it was real? He had to win this game. He pictured the ignoble associates and creditors who would dispassionately execute him in the event that he lost. He recalled the machete attack in his hotel room. Who would they send for him next? Mr. White, that snake Gettler, he grimaced at the thought, the ignominy of being dispatched by that sickly string bean with his stupid hat and his stupid glasses with the one dark lens. (laughs) And then a thought struck Lachief, an idea so powerful, the very breath leapt from his breast. He sucked down wonderful air from his inhaler and excused himself from the table, folding his hand. Bond allowed himself a smirk. He felt assured his man was on the ropes. But Bond's smirk turned slack when his opponent returned, metamorphosed sartorially and anatomically. His scarred, weeping eye was now concealed behind a dark glass, and the devil had lopped off his own left (laughs) arm, the sleeve now pinned to his dinner jacket. Bond composed himself, and wryly said, I didn't realise this was the type of casino that had one-armed bandits. Talk about a losing hand. Could you finger anyone as a suspect? <laughs> Le chief smiled wolfishly as he replied, I'll never tell. So there you go. He has concealed his, his weeping eye and chopped off his uh, twitchy hand so he can no longer give away his tell.
1: Well, yeah. Well, sometimes, yeah, he's under a lot of pressure, so it's definitely plausible. It's not a real tell, though, is it? It's a real tell, but he,
2: he tips his hand too soon in the film by uh, doing it in the, in the hand before the winning one.
1: If he tries to use his other hand, he might just like face plant on the table or something like that.
2: Well, he, he, that's why I described what he does with his other hand. He's constantly flipping his chips. Maybe he's just like mushing his cheek. That's his tell now. He's mushing his cheek all the way across. <laughs> it's quite noticeable. So his right hand is always occupied with his chips that he flips around, which is why he does his tell with his left hand to his temple. So, his right hand's already busy. So, I just cut off his left hand, covered his twitchy eye with you know, the the bad guy who has the eye patch sunglass in Venice. Yeah. His name is Adolf Gettler.
0: How does he lop off his arm and cauterize it or sew so it up and stop himself from bleeding out in such short order? He heats it up. I don't know. He can get those African um,
1: terrorists to do it dead.
4: For him. No, they're all dead. He's staying in a hotel, isn't he? Sticks it on the Kobe trouser press after he's locked it That's off. Right. Oh,
0: <laughs> there you go. Yeah, and dismantles yeah. it Corby afterwards. Press. And then I'm sorry, but my second point is going to probably destroy your plan, and I'm, I apologize for I this because it. can see you put a lot of work into it. <laughs> what happens when people lose a limb is a phenomenon known as phantom limb syndrome. Yeah. And so, in the middle of cards, you're just going to see Lashuv's stump just flying up to his head every now and again because he thinks he's still got his hand like a chicken wing.
2: He cuts it off at the shoulder he's got no stump.
0: Well, then you're going to see the shoulder rising. No,
2: nah, because the shoulder didn't <laughs> rise. Only his elbow moved. you got to go back and watch his tail, but he's always got his elbow on the table, so only his elbow. His arm only moves from the elbow. His shoulder never moves. So you moved. see his
0: shoulder dip to the table. That's his new tail. They wouldn't move at all. Nothing would move. Right, I, I accept it. I just like the idea of everyone else at the table just hearing screams. As he's hacking off his arm. Ah! (laughs) (laughs) Ah! Ah!
1: Come back down and just like a loose jacket. (laughs) He's like
4: crawling across the floor, sweating and bleeding everywhere.
2: (laughs) (laughs) All he does is he he grits his teeth and he has a, he has a, <laughs> his a brandy and he just gets to it. <laughs> uh, and then, as you say, Colby Trouser Press, ideal. As we know, he's got access to loads of drugs, psychosyllabin, the stuff that he poisons Bond with. So he gives himself some kind of, uh, you know, local anaesthetic. Uh, also a big brandy because he's a, he's a man, isn't he? And uh, <laughs> lops it off, seals it shut with his trap trouser press and gets back on with the tusk at hand Is <laughs>
1: uh, <laughs> so for uh, yeah. tea
4: <laughs>
1: <laughs> fish finger sandwiches lovely <laughs> <laughs> Gaz
4: what have you got for us I'm going to set this up straight away there's a little addendum at the end just a, a little bit extra That's nothing to do with the plan just a little Ooh. bit of extra sauce a little bit of extra salt on the steak that I can flick at the end The cards have been dealt, the players have taken their seats, and Le Chief has a plan. A plan to beat Bond at poker, win the prize pool, and repay the debt he owes to his shadowy masters. Hmm? What is it? My, my, my. Wouldn't you like to know? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you would? You insist? (laughs) I just bet you do. Well, all right, then. I'll tell you, but don't tell anybody I told you. And if you do tell anybody, I'll sneak into your bedroom whilst you're sleeping and move something. Something that you always have in the exact same place. Like an item of jewellery that you remove before Bobo's and place on a set of bedside drawers. Or perhaps an alarm clock perfectly positioned to allow you to knock the snooze or off switch from your prone horizontal position the moment its dreadful sound rings out. (coughs) I'd move that just out of reach. So you'd go, eh? (laughs) It's not beyond the realms of possibility to move a dressing table a couple of inches closer to the door so that when you try to open the bedroom (laughs) door, it hits the dressing table and doesn't fully open. That's odd you might say, before knocking it back into place with your hip (laughs) in the manner of closing a fridge door. So think on, (laughs) for I am about to reveal Le Chief's grand plan. Do not tell no one. (laughs) Ever heard of a fellow named Raymond Babbitt?
0: Do you want a response, sir? I'm never sure if Gaz is talking to us or not, or whether I'm supposed to answer or not. I don't know. You're the guy who got his cock cut off. <laughs>
4: <laughs> that's crazy. <That's funny>. <laughs> What's that guy <laughs> called? John Wayne Bobbit? Is that what he's called? Yeah, yeah. John Wayne Bobbitt, <laughs>
3: yeah.
4: <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's <laughs> last note, I'm referring to <laughs> Dustin Hoffman's oh autistic savant card-counting character from the film Rain Man do that Ah. with a real person (laughs) but here's the real kicker he's also the best martial artist in the world a real scott (laughs) adkins as well as being an expert scott leave this in as well as being an expert (laughs) card counter and for the cherry on top he has a cutting wit and is capable of zinging bond at a moment's notice thereby demoralizing him cards Kicks and verbal sparring, a lethal combo that ensures victory for lashief sheaf and ensures that he shall no longer weep blood, but whatever his favourite drink is. Espresso martini or something. <laughs> and here comes the addendum, which I expertly set up. If all of that fails, just take a dump in Bond's shoes when he isn't looking. That will put him <laughs> off
2: his game. <laughs> <laughs> What uh, the fuck? I hand on heart was this close this close to doing Rain Man. So close. <laughs> I even watched a couple of Rain Man videos before I took myself out of it. <laughs> what Rain Man one and two? No, not the whole film. <laughs> just like on YouTube. I watched I watched the scene where he's card counting and uh he gets distracted by the roulette wheel and uh he like wanders away from the table and Tom Cruise is like, what the fuck are you doing? And like walks after him. And he's going, it's going to stop on 12, definitely 12. And he's like, uh, <laughs> he, he, what are you, Raymond? We got to go back to the card game over there. And he's like, oh, it's definitely 12. And like he goes, you think it's going to stop on 12? And he goes, definitely 12. So he puts like three grand on 12 and it stops on a completely different number. <laughs> and he's like, this is not your game. <laughs> back to the <laughs> Paul Raymond just wants to have fun in the casino. I
4: thought Raymond <laughs> might have been a common. Potentially planned. Uh, mm. So that's why I uh, skillfully added best martial artist. In Had the, the world. poo in shoes.
0: Well, I poo in shoes too. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to say the poo in the shoes was the first idea when Gaz was brainstorming. That was first on the list. <laughs> Just while
4: he's, <laughs> while he's not looking, they're on his feet. Somehow, somehow he can manage it. I can't get a
0: full plan out of this, but I'm definitely keeping it. <laughs> Are you, are, you, are, you, are you a cuckold, Mr. Bond?
2: <laughs> Definitely a cuckold. You're a cuckold. That's his wit coming into play. <laughs> and Bond's like <laughs>
0: <laughs> Well, privately educated, that would hurt him, that.
4: I think I covered all bases.
0: So what's LasHif do while this is happening?
4: Uh Lashif is sitting there safe in the knowledge that he has a perfect plan.
2: <laughs> so I'll tell you why I didn't go with it, is because I thought there was a chance. That all of the people around the table who are, you know, lifer, high-stakes poker players might notice Rain Man sitting next to Le Chief telling him how many cards are left and
0: stuff.
4: It's not actually Rain Man, it's just oh, okay. a Savant card counter. Right. Not an autistic
0: Savant. Yeah. <laughs> just, okay. just an expert card counter. But wait, isn't Le Chief supposed to be an expert card counter with all these probabilities and whatnot? Oh, yeah, I guess he is. So Le Chief plus martial arts?
4: Yeah, plus zingers. And shoe poo. Don't forget about shoe poo. Well, the shoe poo is optional. <laughs> if the opportunity presents
1: itself, always go for the shoe poo. But the opportunity has to yeah. present itself. Yeah. Yeah. It's the coup de grace, isn't it? What yeah. I
0: like about the shoe poo is the uh, the continuity with his Moonbreaker plan. <laughs> Bond would be so nonplussed about stepping into
2: his shoe and finding poo on himself that he would just stop pl- stop playing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Absolutely. Felix <laughs> would be like, what, what are you doing, man? What are you doing? And Bond would be like, I have to go.
3: <laughs> Why? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Any further questions there? I'll take that stunning silence as a no, and I shall attempt um, a plan. Le Chiffre devises an unconventional plan to distract his opponents during the poker tournament. <laughs> <laughs> like the big plastic <laughs> <It's> just <weird. laughs> Is that unconventional or is that quite conventional? Really? <laughs> yeah, <they're laughs> too uh, conventional. yeah, I don't know. <laughs> oh my god! I've got. To, I, if I laugh tomorrow, I think my face might crack. So what if what
2: wears lederhosen and his one of his
0: balls is hanging out all the time? <laughs> and in the front pocket the lady hose and he's got a little mouse he just sits there just looking around and he's got, and he's got a sabutio player
1: in his hair what the fuck have we all eaten or drunk today to make us like this I had a very big can of Red Bull I'm sorry did <laughs> you <Yeah. laughs> right, Christ shall I start again I'll start again Le Chifre devises an unconventional plan to distract his opponents during the poker tournament He gets one of his cyber henchmen to secretly install a high-tech airborne system in the casino, which he cleverly programs to release a series of scents periodically. At first, the scents are relatively harmless and whimsical, ranging from fresh popcorn to chocolate chip cookies. Yeah, Heston (laughs) Blumenthal. The participants are oblivious as the fragrances are fairly normal at this stage, assuming them to be the smell from the kitchens. As the game progresses, the Chiffre increases the intensity of the sense. Suddenly, a burst of pungent cheese overwhelms the room, <laughs> causing a few players to wrinkle their nose and lose concentration momentarily. Le Chiffre looks unfazed, while some of the other players look at the fat bloke, who suddenly looks uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> little does that guy know, the prawn sandwich he had on room service was a little past its Best by date And it had a couple Of other things in there To seal the deal As the game continues The Shifra Realising he needs Something more potent Activates the Stinky surprise mode Horrendous odour Reminiscent of Rotten eggs And smelly socks Permeates the air Making it nearly Unbearable for Everyone at the table Players start gagging And covering their noses Desperately trying to Soldier on Despite the cinch. The big guy, now under heavy suspicion from almost everyone in the room, suddenly, violently fills his trousers. Oh, my God. You should see how much there is. Oh, Jesus. It's everywhere. People are running out of the room. Some are being sick as they run. Others are vomiting in plant pots. It's sheer pandemonium. They're sick everywhere. Bond. Renowned for his resilience, fights to maintain his composure, but even he struggles to withstand the increasingly nauseating smells. Just as Le Chiffre planned, Bond's face turns a shade of green and he suddenly lurches forward, vomiting all over himself, the dirty boy. (laughs) Dazed and confused, Bond joins the throng of people leaving to go and tidy himself up. As hotel staff suffer, including security personnel, Trying to help their guests, the acts in all the confusion. He inserts some of his own cards into his own hand. The best hand there is. Lashifa, secretly wearing a nasal implant that shields him from the foul odours, chuckles smugly. He has successfully disrupted the game and got the best hand to neutralise Bond.
2: I was going to ask why isn't the effective? Yeah, it's
0: top of my list too. Yeah.
2: Second is... Uh bad prawn sandwich wouldn't the uh, fat guy vomit before he shat Uh
1: I don't know laxative <laughs> in it well it had other stuff in it as well that's it it doesn't really change the plan does it It's either way no it doesn't make any difference <laughs> if he'd spewed it would have been fine if he'd shat himself he would have been fine what I was hoping you were going to say is that when the smell of
2: cheese was released he floated into the air along <laughs> the smell lines <laughs> <laughs> And then just landed on the table.
1: (laughs) Belly first. (laughs) Yeah. I got the idea because I was just thinking, and then my granddad used to say, if you ever need to fart... (laughs) If you ever need to win a (laughs) high-stakes poker game. But he he used to say, fart fart near a fat person because they always suspect the fat person. (laughs) So for some reason, that, and then I saw uh, the fat guy in it, and that sparked off that chain reaction, and you're uh, uh, amazing. He
4: gave <laughs> you a word original just after saying that.
1: And then fired, ran off. <laughs> <laughs> They're creamy and uncommonly good.
0: <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm on a bit of a roll tonight, but Turner, I'm going to destroy your plan with one sentence, a bit like George Lucas. Go on then, you fucker. You can taste really bad smells. Yeah. So Lashie's gonna be tasting all of that, uh, with his and nose he's implant. gonna be vomiting as well. He's not gonna have time to swap his card.
1: Yeah, but it's it's the scent, isn't it? It's like you know when you um when you've got a cold or the flu, and you eat something, and you can't you can't really taste it, can you?
2: What if while he's got his nose implant in, he's also got an airwaves, ah. <laughs> and he's just like chewing on his airwaves, <laughs> and Bonds like uh, we have got their airwaves, and he's like. Mm. And, he's like, yeah. and I have one. He's like, Mm-mm. yo. <laughs> By your own. <road. laughs> what have you got there? Airwaves. I hope you brought enough for everyone on that contest. And then the chief's like, no, I, I didn't. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Some truly diabolical schemes there, pal pals. But who was the most diabolical? In summary, we had Ben's psychedelic poison plot, Tacular's one-armed bandit plan, Gaz's Rayman-inspired craziness, and my foul-smelling scheme. But who will get the points this week? Countertacular, can you please reveal who you have voted for?
2: Yeah, as I say, for me, this is the closest one. In ages they were all spectacular in their own way but because i was genuinely this close to doing it myself i've gone with rain man definitely (laughs) gas
1: gas can you reveal who you voted for please
4: well i enjoyed the psychedelia of ben's plan and so that is whom i did do vote for
1: yay Ben, can you please reveal who you have voted for?
0: I vote for the one that was most likely to work if you boil it right down, which was probably the distraction and the cheating with cards. So I vote for Turner White oh, Screen Adam Bon Turner. I can't see yet. Yeah. Oh, there we go. There you it's go. Kind there of, you. kind <laughs> of is just A Second, it's gone. A split second. <laughs> <laughs> That's all you get. That's all you get.
1: And I have voted for ben. Psychedelic Plan, even though it wasn't. Entirely accurate. It was very well thought out. Michael. I
2: thought I like the music. It was a bar. Thank you. Don't think I don't see what's going on here. By the way, I'm I'm still in <laughs> lead. Two weeks on the
1: trot. No votes for me. It's <laughs> fucking you, little fucking. Oh, is it? Yeah. Yeah, it's come down with me again, isn't it? Fucking hell. Sad little life. <laughs> Sad little
2: life.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Just think, if we get into the last round with Ooh, it all to play for. Heat. They'll all be tuning yeah. in. No one's so, gonna be not downloading it. Exactly. It's gonna be a bloody a cultural
1: <laughs> phenomenon. So, with all those points now disseminated, how does that affect the leaderboard? Girls. Yes.
4: Still in first place with nineteen points is Count Itacular In joint... Blah, blah, blah. Uh, In joint uh, second uh, place with 17 points apiece are Adam and Ben. Wow. And in final place with 14 points is your gentle scorekeeper.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Still all to play for, though. Mm. And next week... It's the choice of Ben. So what have you got lined up for us next week, Ben?
0: Well, I thought I'd dip into a, a little bit of sci-fi. I'm going with a, a film based on a, a series that I particularly love. We're going to be watching Serenity. Oh, with future Bond, Chiwetel you for. Ah, yeah, of
1: course. Mm, there you go. There you go. <laughs> ah, incredible <laughs> foreshadowing.
0: How now. very queer.
2: How uh, queer. Oh, yeah. I was pretty sure you were going to say <laughs> one of the On the Buses movies. Wasn't sure which one.
0: <laughs> I would, but I can't pick between them. Right. So it's either all of them or none of them. Five will
4: on the buses or the Goonies. Oh, I
0: hate you, on the buses. <laughs> or the bustling. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and that brings us to the end of this week's episode. Thank you for listening, and I hope you've enjoyed yourselves as much as we have. If you have please leave us a five-star review wherever you get your podcast from. Don't forget to follow us so that you never miss an episode. Why not share us with a friend, acquaintance or colleague and follow us across social media on at DiabolicalPod. So until next time, dear listener, be good to yourself and each other.
2: Who was dropping pens at the start of that?
1: Not me. Are you sure? Hundred percent. I've only got one pen, right. and it's still here.
2: Got one in okay. my hand. I don't recall whether somebody I was dropped one or something. Something. There was a noise when you started that. What I've been doing is this: this sort of stuff. Oh yeah.
1: Oh, right, Okay. Sometimes, that's sometimes quite this very stimmy. It's not. Oh, yeah. Exactly. That's nice. That isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I like that too. Yeah, I like. Too. I, like there, put, yeah. I like putting the pen through the <laughs> hole though. I like putting the pen through the hole. Yeah, and then if it doesn't fit, just stuffing it
0: in until it does fit. Right. I just sit still and listen to what people are saying. Uh, You know. Yeah. That old chestnut. Yeah.
1: Right. Yeah, I'll I'll give you a bit more time then. If how how long do you need? Do you need like in five, ten minutes? I I can waffle a lot of shit.
0: (laughs) Yeah, just go with but, the bondola from Moonraker. Yeah, the bundler is what I was thinking of. <laughs> the bundler is very good,
1: actually, isn't it? Yeah, Not is only good.
0: drive on land, it also spooks some pigeons into giving a little double take. Ah, of course. Yes. Uh,
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> Famous pigeon double take. <laughs>
1: uh, yeah. I think
2: quite quite a lot of the great gadgets are just in the queue sequences, aren't they, that you don't actually get to see used in the field, but they're kind of tested in the background. Is there like an inflatable jacket or something?
0: Yeah, the laser gun that melts the Mexican. Right. <laughs> the best one of those that's in the background that Bond never uses is the sofa that eats a guy. Right. <laughs> Sightness just sits on it and then he's devoured by a sofa. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's all going on in the background. It's amazing. It was a it's a
1: three years and a one. I haven't seen it. Then. Who hasn't seen it? Yes.
4: No, I said yeah.
1: Oh, have you said? Oh, so
0: four years ago. And... The film with Wolf Farrell. Oh, sorry. I it... <laughs> Never mind. That La he was re, re evil. <laughs> re evil, that La <laughs> Really put me off sex when I saw him bleeding from his eye. Le Chiff. <laughs> I was once trying to do it to Casino Royale and uh I'd accidentally picked the wrong one. It was the Peter Sellers one. It put me right off. <laughs> <laughs> Now you've mentioned the next uh, version
1: of Bond. What? Who do you reckon it's going to be? Uh, I've got two think... ideas.
4: Go. Okay. So, so people are quite keen. not everybody, obviously. There's quite a lot of racists out there, but non-racists <laughs> are keen on a person of colour playing Bond. Mm. Yes. I think Idris Elba's too old. He's too yeah, old. Yeah, Idris Elba's yeah, that's too old. What I think he has been talked about he's for too long. Too gruff and yeah, Street Fighter-ish for me. So. My pitch for a person of color for Bond is Chiwetel Edge of four. Oh, God, oh, yeah. Oh, yes. I think yes, unbelievable. Fantastic. He's suave. How old as is he, though? F. No. Oh, I don't know. You might, might be getting on, but. He doesn't
0: feel old. Well, you've been feeling him.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> a lot of elasticity in his testicles. The most interesting suggestion
2: I saw from, her, from herself, I think, was uh, Gillian Anderson. And I know that Daniel Craig argued, and I would imagine she probably agrees with him in her heart of hearts that it's a cop out to give that role to a woman, and they should just write a good spy character for a woman to play. Because James Bond obviously is the qualities that make him James Bond are not attractive he's a piece of shit a misogynist dinosaur as M once described him it wouldn't be Bond anymore but on the other hand I love Julian Anderson and I think she could do anything (laughs) Craig (laughs) thinks Julian Anderson
0: can do anything oh yeah I'm going to name some some characters do you think Mm. she could play successfully (laughs) yes let's say some of these Geppetto from Pinocchio (laughs) oh yeah in a heartbeat good (laughs) Triton from Little Mermaid oh
2: yeah I'm a reasonable merman that one yeah yeah (laughs) Yeah.
1: How about uh, Buffalo Bill from uh, Science <laughs> and Lumps? <laughs> I'd pay a
0: lot of money to see that. <laughs> I'd quite like to see Charlie Day from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia get a shot at Bond. Oh yeah? How about Danny DeVito? <laughs> oh, Danny, 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 Danny DeVito's Bond. DeVito, fucking amazing. Oh, he'd be so good.
2: I'm James Bond! Huh? <laughs> <laughs> There's a really weird thing in this that I think is really weird.
1: Is this additional content now? <laughs> you, you
2: want to talk about the film or not? <laughs> before we move on to the contest, I got to tell you about I, one I'm thing. I've not done my forgot- favourite line yet. Yeah. I know, yeah. Fine, yeah, I know. But just don't don't forget. I got to tell you about one thing, one observation I had that I forgot to tell you before that I think you'll enjoy. I think it'll amuse you.
0: Just cue me in, Turner, and I'll uh, I'll do the jingle. <laughs> <laughs> Cal <Cloud laughs> Tacculus second round of observations. Fuck you all. Fuck all you all.
1: Ding 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 Thank you